Less Doing, episode 122. Ari talks with Alan Cash of Terra Biological. Welcome to the Less Doing podcast. Less Doing, more living, more living, more living, more living. Hi, I'm Ari Mizell, and this is the art of less doing. I'm going to teach you how to optimize, automate, and outsource everything in your life, including your health, in order to be more effective. I want you to stress less, free up as much time as possible, and do the things you want to do. Hey, it's Ari Mizell. Welcome to the Less Doing, More Living podcast. Nine years ago, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, a little-known, extremely painful, and seemingly incurable disease, which forced me to go down a long road a radical transformation so that I could reduce stress and win back a normal life for me and my family. While extremely painful, Crohn's was the best thing that ever happened to me because it forced me to innovate and create the less doing more living system, which I used to govern my life. Then I was given the gift of starting to teach this system to other people. And over time, I was able to help more and more people through a video course, this podcast, and the less doing more living book. Now I have the privilege of working with some of the world's top business minds, including Dean Jackson, Joe Polish, Dave Asprey, and Jordan Harbinger, who have all decided to join me for the first annual Less Doing Live Summit that I'm holding in New York City from May 1st through 3rd. To get more information on the Less Doing Live Summit, you can go to the URL lessdoinglive.com, or you can also find links to the event on our main site, lessdoing.com. Now enjoy today's podcast, and if you listen to the end of the show, I am going to give you more information on this event, as well as a way you can earn a free copy of my book, Less Doing, More Living. Welcome back to the show. This is episode 122 with Alan Cash of Terra Biological. Good morning, Felix. Hey, good morning, mate. How are you doing? I am well. It's, uh, it seems like we're having a little break in the winter weather, which is always nice. I walked out my door this morning and it wasn't, my face didn't hurt in about five seconds. So that, that to me is a positive. <laughs> Yeah, well, we got our fair share of rain yesterday, so we went and explored around the city, and um, that had its challenges, but it didn't ruin our day. We had a great time. So, yes, wow. Um, yeah. by the, was that uh, Julian's first time on a subway? Um, no, no, no. We've been <laughs> on it a bunch before, but um, oh, okay. But yeah, they were they were really good. The boys, good. so it's good. Cool. Yeah. Well, so speaking of the subway, actually, that reminds me of uh, something I wanted to talk about. Uh, Briefly, actually, I hadn't planned this, but it just reminded me. So there is a, an app called Exit Strategy. And what it does is it's for the New York City subway system. And it tells you, basically, you put in the stop that you want to get off on. Oh, yeah. And it tells you which car and yes. which door to stand at so that you end up right at the stairs. Right? That's so, yeah. great. I, I, yeah. And it's, it's really cool. But actually, it's a bigger idea that I want to talk about. So first of all, that is really cool. And that may seem like kind of nerdy to somebody, but the truth is, is that first of all, sometimes getting out of a New York City subway and getting to the stairs and getting out of the subway station is actually kind of stressful, just because there's so many people and it's just like a mess. Well, well, well I, I used to, I used to have <laughs> before phones and apps and everything. I had one for the English subway, but it was a book. It was a tiny little pocket. Book. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's so you can beat all the commuters, and it was awesome. Yeah. 
Because so you know, would always like say, my brother would say, oh yeah, you want to get in the back of the car, the back of the train for this one, for that station, going to that station. But yeah, it was all like cross-reference. Yeah. Right. Well, so so it's so it's a really it's a no, it's a really good idea in itself, and it it's just so nice to be standing in front of the door. The door opens, and you're literally you know two feet from the stairs to get out of the subway station. That in itself is cool. But what it made me think of was actually a bigger concept. So. First of all, you know, you have to count the cars as it goes by, figure out which one to get on. But sometimes it's crowded when you're getting into the car. So you don't have the luxury necessarily of like getting all the way to the front car, getting the door, whatever it might be. So what I thought about was you can get on the car, you can get on the subway at any point, And then let's say you have six stops to go, right? By the way, this is going to be a little bit like philosophical. So I may need to rephrase this for me. But uh, okay, so you get on the car. On, on any car at any point, and then let's say you have you know six or seven stops, so you have you know twenty minutes before you arrive at your eventual stop. Okay. So technically, now each time the car, the train stops, you could switch cars, right, to eventually get to your final car that would let you out exactly where you want to be, right? Mm-hmm. Following that so far, okay. So that time that you're using in there is, is like. It's weird, right? It's a time that you couldn't necessarily... I mean, you can listen to a podcast from recently else, but it's not a time that you could be going anywhere else. But you're... Like, this is this is almost like a like a like an Albert Einstein relativity thought in my head. That's like, what is that time considered? Where you're moving from one car to another, and you are improving your position in your final goal, but that interim time is just, like, time that you're using to improve your position. Hmm. Does that make any sense, or did I totally lose you? No, uh, you just, but is there a question in there? Well, I no. it just made me think of this. It's like this, this kind of like found time in a way. It's time that's, yeah. it's like, it's like a dead space, but you actually can use it to improve something. Yeah. So I'm sorry, everybody, if that seemed too like ethereal. No, but that's no. Just, uh, no, no, it's just, it gives another, you know, what you're really saying. I guess what you're really saying is there's, you can get something done whilst you're on your commute and it's more than just, you know, doing your emails. You can actually save a little bit of time by moving to exactly the, the best spot in the carriage. Right. But I mean, so can, most, yeah. You can improve your standing, I guess. Yeah. So literally. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, okay. So now back to hard stuff <laughs> or, or rather concrete stuff. Uh, so there was an article in the, uh, on Bulletproof and, he sort of alluded to this before, but it basically it was about bulletproof drinking. So, like, how can you drink alcohol effectively? You know, basically, in general, he doesn't think that drinking is something that you should be doing because it just affects your health too much or affects your focus. But if you're going to drink, then sort of like this is the way to do it. And so the worst thing to drink would be beer or lager, mostly because beer has gluten in it, yeast, and usually some sort of toxins because the way it's fermented. Red wine is second worst. So... That's interesting. Now, on the best side of the scale, you have in in order from best to worst, you have vodka, gin, tequila, and even whiskey. So now these are all under in the green in bulletproof, which is kind of amazing. Why is that? Okay, so vodka because they're saying vodka is distilled and charcoal filtered, so your body only has to deal with the alcohol and no other toxins. So that's a really good point. Uh, Okay. Okay. Plus, you, you can even go and avoid grains entirely if you go with a potato vodka. And I think that, like, Chopin is a potato vodka, for example. Okay. Um, there's there's several potato vodkas. So if you're basically, with, with alcohol, what you're looking at is, like, doing the least amount of damage. So, mm-hmm. um, and then gin, which I don't like gin, uh, but he's saying gin is flavored by juniper berries, which have antioxidants. 
uh, and it's actually got some like medicinal benefits to it, plus oh, the way it's filtered and created. And then tequila, which is my drink of choice, actually. Tequila is made from agave, which is high in the bad sugar fructose, but since tequila's fermentation process removes the sugar and then it's distilled and filtered, what you're getting is mostly pure alcohol. Oh. So, wow. So we should really drink spirits. Yes, basically spirits and, and not mix with anything. And then in and addition definitely to that, not beer. Definitely not beer, that's what he says. However, in the Bulletproof Diet book, there is a recipe for chili that calls for gluten-free beer. And the idea of ordering or asking for gluten-free beer to me seems like just about the dorkiest that you could possibly do in your entire life. Uh, yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> I, um, I bought a case of, um, of Guinness from Costco. They're cans of Guinness, and um, not sure what the size is, but you know they're bigger than a a bottle. They're like five hundred milliliters or whatever. Um, and um, for those, I'm not sure what a normal beer bottle is. Um, anyway, for these for these big ones, it's just 125 calories. And okay. Guinness is actually it's always it's a common sort of fallacy out there that Guinness is a very heavy caloric drink but actually it's the lightest pretty one of the lightest beers out there yes that's true it is i think it's got very low alcohol content relatively speaking too well it's like 3.2 or something so it's not yeah so it's I, the middle I, of the road yeah i do like Guinness. i love so, guinness so yeah, yeah. My so, so so here's the thing so if you're going to drink something that is not uh bulletproof pure say, alcohol yeah right so then what, what he recommends doing is drink a glass of water with every serving of alcohol uh, oh, yeah. have, have an unfair advantage and a vitamin C with with your drinking. Have glutathione force, which is the master antioxidant of the liver, and then in the end, take charcoal pills. So I've recommended charcoal pills for a long time, and that's anytime I do drink, that's what I do. I, uh, I just take I just take really? charcoal pills at the end of the night. Yeah, and it, it makes a huge difference for me. Huh? Oh, I should definitely try that because I have a um, well, I have a big problem with the dehydration. Really, I can tell when I've had like. A glass of wine the night before, just because I feel different. Yeah, absolutely. So that's uh, one way to tackle it. Um, okay, so here's a cool one. It's called Wakey.com. Yes, this looks great. I love the sound of this. Yes, yeah. this is this is so like awesome. A, a human, like a human network of alarm clock. Of yes, yeah. exactly. So this is really funny, and I think it's actually pretty awesome. Um, so basically, mm. what it is is you have the app on your phone. You set an alarm for when you want to wake up, and then somebody somewhere in the world will wake you up with with a, with their voice. Yeah, with a phone call, right? No, 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 no. Oh, it's just the app itself will go bing. All right. No, 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 no. no? It's going to say you basically the person can record sixty seconds of audio, and then it's going to play. Oh, I see. So it just records the audio and then plays it at that time. Yes, so you can be like, "Wake up, whoever you are," or you can. Do you know like, if it gets around? Do not disturb on the iPhone. Uh, I'm imagining so. I think all the alarms do actually. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, this is really weird, but it's also really, really cool. So, like, you open yeah, it up. And it's it's like, a sort of. It's got a. It's got a certain amount of charm to it. And I like that. De- right. de- dehumanizing <laughs> element to it. You know. Right. No, no, so it's I like, mean, uh, sorry. I mean, humanizing. Humanizing. Yeah. In the way that alarms are dehumanizing, this has a humanizing element, and you can get some. You might get some weird guy from, I don't know, some other country, and it would be 
give you a lot of interest to your morning. I think that's so funny. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's hilarious. And I think it, it actually creates a really funny like connection to people. That, yeah. you know, it's totally anonymous, but at the same time, you, you know, maybe you start, maybe you sing to wake them up. Maybe you say something really nice, or maybe you're just like, wake up, wake yeah. up. I, I think in our case, we should just be like, optimize, automate, outsource. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hello, my name's Ari Mizell. Check out my new book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And wake the F up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, okay. That was a cool one. And, and okay, so the next one is called uh, Vita Stick. And uh, this is awesome. Um, so it's an Indiegogo campaign. Oh, yeah. It plugs into your phone, and basically, you it, it's like an acupressure sort of pen. I have no idea how this is working, but you sort of like rub it on, not rub it, but you like run it across your skin and it will actually tell you what your levels of vitamins are currently. I don't know how it works, but it's... I don't either. It's very impressive if it works the way that it it says it does. And is it just vitamins levels that it shows you? Yeah, so, so from what I can tell, it's just vitamin levels. And again, I don't know how they're doing that without taking blood, uh, but... If it's any, if it's at all accurate, this is this is pretty amazing um, because what that means is that you can see sort of in real time how meals <clears throat> might be affecting you as well as how uh, activities might be affecting you, your sleep. You know, like my case, I just told you know you last week or two weeks ago about that hair test and how I have a zinc deficiency and a copper yeah, right, right. surplus. So like something like this would be really great to see if I'm at least heading in the right direction. You know. Yeah, that's amazing. So um, uh, I'd love to. How long, how long do you think you'd have to wait after meals? I imagine it will tell you with the thing, but uh, I think most vitamins. And I could be completely wrong here, I'm, so I'm sorry if I am. But I, I think that a lot of vitamins have like a twelve-hour half-life, basically. Mm. So you should like. Okay. My guess would be that you mm. you should basically do this like morning and night, you know, and see like oh, okay. what 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 the what's happening. Yeah. Uh, and, and the thing is, a lot of things can lead to vitamin deficiency. You know, you could be, uh, it could be from stress, it could be from not eating enough of the vitamins, it could be from digestive stuff. There's a lot of things, but this might help you, buy, you know, pinpoint, like if your vitamin C oh. is lower, your magnesium, vitamin B, vitamin D2, like it's very, very, very cool. So, love to see how they, how they do this stuff. Wow. Yeah. Basically. Okay. Um, oh, you know what? It's just, I think it's just one of those days, Ari, we're just shaking everything up. Um, how about we do a review right now? Oh, okay. If you'd like, go ahead. <laughs> sure. Well, look, we got a review and we got a, I had to read this cause it's from Chris. I don't know how to pronounce this. I don't know if he's where he's from, but Chris Pylon Dadrenaline. That's like adrenaline with a D in the front of it. Okay. I love this podcast for its continued reminders that life has to be lived. Great concepts, tools, and ideas to give your li- great concepts and ideas to live your life and not worry about things that don't matter. That's an awesome review, I think. That is an awesome review. Thank, Thank you very you. much, Chris. And Thank you. I mean, with a with a surname like that, um, you know, that doesn't happen every day that you get someone with the name Adrenaline <coughs> giving you a review about life having to be lived. So that is you. right. That is right. Thank you very much. Um, so I posted. In, I'm just going to put this in the show notes for everybody. The video of me demoing the ARX Fit device uh, last week. Oh yeah, yeah, I'd love to see that. Yeah, so uh, it's about an hour long, but at, at 
42 minutes is basically where you can see me begin to get crushed. Um, right. So I would recommend uh, everybody, if they want a good lap, check that out. I did a six-minute workout that was just unbelievable. I was sore for about four days. So it, was, uh, it was pretty amazing. Wow. Oh, yes. Uh, so there is an article in Thought Catalog that I really like called 10 Ways You're Making Your Life Harder Than It Has to Be. Mm-hmm. Okay. So obviously, we're always trying to make things easier here at Lostonian. But there were a couple things in here that I thought were, were worth noting. So one was you ascribe intent. Okay. So saying mm-hmm. basically that somebody <clears throat> cuts you, like a driver cuts you off or someone doesn't text you back. Uh, or someone went to lunch without you, or whatever it might be. And we tend to, a lot of people tend to assign bad intent to these otherwise innocuous actions. And by the way, this is something that I personally have an issue with. I think I always have, where I always feel like somebody's like, I, I tend to take things personally. I, I think I've been better about it recently, but it's something that's always been an issue for me where I tend to take things personally. So basically, what this is saying is that. It's, you're just making it harder on yourself because you're assigning, you're ascribing an intent to something that had no intent in the first place. It just sort of ah, happened. Okay. So that's a good point. That's a very, very valuable one. I think. Yes, absolutely. Um, another one, which I think you and I can appreciate, based on some people in our lives, um, you fast forward to the apocalypse. <laughs> I, it's basically the person's like, I have a bad habit of fast forwarding everything to its worst possible outcome. And being mm. pleasantly surprised when the result is marginally better than other utter disaster or jail time. My mind unnecessarily <laughs> wrestles with events that aren't even remotely likely. My sore throat is cancer. My lost driver's license fell into the hands of an Al-Qaeda operative who will, who will wipe out my savings account. <laughs> negativity only brings more negativity. So uh, I, thought that was, I thought that was a good one. Uh, and then there was one other that I wanted to mention, uh, which was... Uh, Oh, yeah. Well, and this is sort of an obvious one, but you can't or won't let go. So that's that's something that I definitely don't have a problem with, and I feel actually really good about that. I, I, I move on from things really, really quickly, um, sometimes too quickly. I think I don't necessarily give them a fair due, but that's that's something that I know a lot of people have a real issue with. Is they just don't don't forget things. They don't get closure. That's yeah, true. So it's a really good article, and it's worth reading to see some of the other ones that were in there. Um, yeah. But but now let's get to the interview with Alan Cash. Uh, he talks about a substance called, called. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, I'm now I'm blanking on this. It, oh, uh, uh, wait a minute, oxy. Wow. Okay, I spent the entire time talking about this, but it's uh, basically it's a it's a natural compound that has some really really interesting uh, nootropic and sort of biological effects. So we're gonna have to wait till we get to uh, the interview to hear what it is because I'm totally blank on the name. Uh, so anyway, thanks everyone for listening in and enjoy the interview with Alan Cash. All right. Thanks everyone. And we will see you next time. And now for feature interview. Now I'm speaking with Alan Cash, who is the founder and CEO of Terra Biological. And we're going to talk about a very interesting substance today, as well as calorie restriction and some other fun stuff. So, Alan, thank you for taking the time to talk to me. Oh, absolutely. So, tell me how, uh, well, tell, I don't want to get into the uh, actual uh, 
chemical or not chemical, but the the substance yet. I want to get to that a little bit later. So if you can tell us a little bit about terror biological without um, mentioning that substance before we, I want to talk about calorie restriction first. But tell us about how terror biological came about. Well, terror biological was a uh, offshoot of research done into the aging process. Um, I'm uh, not a biologist. Uh, so it's unusual for me to be studying aging. I'm actually a physicist. And one of the things that physicists do is we look at a wide variety of data and try to find a simple common theme that describes the overall picture. Uh, And when I looked at aging with this mindset, I saw that almost nothing works, which is unfortunate for all of us. But one thing that has been shown to work over the last 75 years is calorie restriction. And let me just describe calorie restriction a little bit for your listeners. It's not just going on a diet. (laughs) Um, It's reducing your calories by 25 to 45% over a baseline of what you normally would eat. So for someone who would eat like a 2,000-calorie diet, you'd want to bring that down to 1,500 calories, uh, which is substantial, and it has to be done over the lifespan uh, in order to get the maximum benefit. So what we see in animals when we do this, when we restrict energy to them, you, you would think they'd be tired and, and wouldn't live as long because they don't have as much energy, but it's actually the opposite. The animals are, are climbing the cages. They're very vibrant, very alive, and they live about 25 to 50% longer than the control group. And not only do they live longer, but their incidence of chronic diseases associated with aging drop precipitously. So, for instance, uh, in calorie restriction, it eliminates type 2 diabetes in primates, which is pretty exciting considering our our current problems. Uh, It reduces the incidence of Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and cancer. Calorie restriction is probably the most effective guard against cancer incidents. In animal models, we've seen a 55% drop in cancer incidents just by calorie restricting the animals. Okay. So that, I mean, that's pretty amazing, obviously. Now, but, and you said that they're vibrant, they're climbing off the walls, but still uh, for humans, at least, isn't that sort of, uh, you know, you're living longer, but are you really enjoying that kind of life as much? I mean, yes, I understand you'll have the energy and everything, but is that still is there a psychological component there? Or, or maybe it's just people have to get used to it. Well, the, the old joke in, in the field is uh, you may not live longer, but it will feel like it. <laughs> because, I, 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 you know, as someone who studies aging, I decided to try calorie restriction myself for 30 days. Um, and my wife suggested that I was irritable. Okay. <laughs> she was so happy when I decided to stop this. And that's when I started looking for the molecular mechanism of calorie restriction. What is occurring in our body that 
is causing us to live longer, that is causing all these animals from, you know, single-cell animals like yeast all the way up through the animal kingdom through, we've now done 30-year studies in, in primates, they all live longer, they're all healthier. What is causing this? And so often in medicine, we look for the symptoms. Uh, for instance, like diabetes, the symptom is high blood glucose levels. But what is the cause? If we could treat the cause, we'll get rid of the symptoms. If we treat the symptoms, you still have the cause there. That's, that's the problem. So in looking at aging and looking at calorie restriction, I tried to find what are the molecular signatures that are occurring in the body that are causing this, this treasure chest of great lifespan and, and better health. And what we saw is, and, and this isn't my work, this is work in the literature that's out there, anybody in your audience can go and look at the same thing, is calorie restriction appears to affect a ratio of key energy metabolites. And those metabolites are nicotinamide adenine dinucleotide, or NAD+, plus, to its reduced version, NADH. And when we increase that NAD to NADH ratio, what we see is an increase in lifespan, just like we see in calorie restriction. And when we look at calorie-restricted animals, we also see this increase in the NAD to NADH ratio. And this is work that was done between MIT and Harvard back in the early 2000s. And when we saw this, we said, you know, here is this molecular signature of calorie restriction, increasing the NAD to NADH ratio. Can we mimic it with other compounds? And I'm sure there's pharmaceuticals out there that, that may affect this ratio, but what we were looking for is a natural compound so that perhaps we didn't have to bring it through FDA approval processes for a new Frankenstein molecule, thereby cutting costs to get it into the marketplace, and preferably a human metabolite so that toxicity issues wouldn't be a problem. And what we found when we went through the glucose pathway uh, and looking at compounds that modify this NAD to NADH ratio, we found a particular metabolite that's in the mitochondria, which is the power plant of our cells, that, that powers our cells to, to do most of the work that cells need to do in order to be healthy and, and survive, we found oxaloacetate. Now, that's not a common chemical that comes up at dinner parties, uh, but it's very, very related to vitamin C. As a matter of fact, it's part of the citric acid cycle within the mitochondria. So we looked at giving oxaloacetate to animals to see the effect, to see if we could modify this NAD to NADH ratio. And 
if it would have an effect on both health and lifespan. And what we saw when we first tried the test is we started off with very simple animals, uh, C. elegans, which are little tiny worms. And you put them, they live on agar plates, and, and it's a very simple test. They're either alive or they're dead. And I spent days and days and months and months counting worms to see if they were dead or alive. And what we found when we added oxaloacetate to the plates is the worms lived anywhere from 25 to 50% longer. This was pretty exciting because we had figured out a way to mimic calorie restriction with a human metabolite, something that's in every cell of your body, and evoke the calorie restriction molecular response in order to increase lifespan. And when we looked at the amount of food that these worms were eating, we actually had cameras and we recorded them and we counted the number of times they opened and closed their mouths. Can you imagine doing all this work? Yeah, that we saw like that. <laughs> yeah, really. But we saw that they didn't eat less. As a matter of fact, they ate just a little bit more and yet they were still getting the calorie restriction response. So we, we have a, a, a phrase, it's the cake and eat it too theory, whereas these worms were able to eat as much as they wanted to in their normal environment, and yet they were able to, to live longer. Okay, so now... What was, I mean, which is amazing. And, but obviously with worms, it's hard to sort of, uh, I guess, measure any other, the qualitative aspects, right? So what was the next, what was the next step after that? Well, the next step was to see if more complicated animals would live longer. So we next did it in flies and we saw a 25% increase in the lifespan of flies. And so then we tried mice because mice are mammals and they live about, you know, three years or so. And uh, there was a assay that um, Steve Spindler at UC Riverside came up with, a brilliant guy. And he suggested looking at the gene response of calorie restriction mimetics to see if, if the gene response was similar. So we raised three groups of animals. We raised a control group that were given unrestricted amounts of food. We gave a calorie-restricted group, and we had a unrestricted amounts of food that included oxaloacetate in their food. And what we saw with these three animals when we looked at their gene expression is just reducing calories change the expression of their genes by about 10%, just eating less. So your DNA doesn't change. It stays the same pretty much throughout your entire life. But what does change on a daily basis is how that DNA turns on and turns off genes in response to environment. So if you supersize everything at McDonald's, your gene response will turn on genes that help you process fats and all those carbohydrates. If, on the other hand, you calorie restrict, your 
DNA turns on different genes that deal with cellular uh, survival, uh, that deal with using uh, proteins that are damaged uh, and re, re, you know, uh, degrading them to reuse them, recycling them. Uh, and these processes end up leading to healthier life and a longer life. And what about cognitive markers? Have you seen, have you checked that kind of, I mean, have you been able to test that? Yeah. Yeah. There was a, uh, a study uh, just recently published uh, in the Journal of Human Molecular Genetics uh, in July of 2014 that showed that oxaloacetate increased mitochondrial density in the brain increased glucose uptake into the brain so that the brain could, you know, have energy to function, uh, increased uh, the amount of neurons that are produced in the brain uh, by the hippocampus. Uh, so we used to think that the brain would, would, you know, once your cells were there, that was it. But now we know that the brain is continuously replacing cells up there uh, by expression through the hippocampus. And the last thing it showed is that oxaloacetate reduced inflammation in the brain. Now, these are all really interesting things. We also did a two-year study with an, uh, a grant from the Alzheimer's Association that looked at adding oxaloacetate into uh, the food of mice that were Alzheimer model mice. So these were mice with the human gene uh, that overexpresses protein tangles in the brain and causes confusion in mice. And they're commonly used to, to test for Alzheimer-like symptoms. And the way they test for that is they put the mice in a water maze, and the mice don't like to be in the water, so they, they swim around until they can find a platform and get out of the platform and they time this, and the mice that are wild-type are able to perform this function about the same as the Alzheimer mice the first time, but then they learn, and they are able to do it quicker and quicker and quicker, whereas the Alzheimer mice can't figure it out. They can't remember where the platform is. So it's an interesting model. And when we fed oxaloacetate to these mice, we saw a 50% increase in short-term memory gain. So, so as far as cognitive function, you know, a 50% increase in short-term memory, uh, an increase in mitochondrial density in the brain, an increase in glucose uptake that allows the brain to function, an increase in the amount of neurons that are produced in the brain, and a decrease in inflammation. When you tie all those things together, you have a pretty impressive nutritional supplement. Yeah, and, and with another sort of side benefit too, you mentioned about glucose upgrade, uptake into the brain uh, for people who are sort of heart-charging athletes or triathlons or triathletes or, or, uh, or strength athletes. Uh, oxaloacetate apparently can also help with converting lactic acid into usable glucose, which is kind of amazing. Yeah, well, the rate-limiting portion of that equation of taking lactic acid in back into pyruvate that can then be used to 
uh, process energy in our cells is the amount of NAD. And so what are we trying to do? We're trying to increase the amount of NAD relative to NADH, increase that ratio. And as a consequence of that, um, we actually took muscle cells and put them on uh, little uh, force measuring plates called transducer plates uh, to measure the amount of force that a muscle cell could could produce when we electrified it. So think of the old frog legs experiments when you electrify it and the frog legs jump out. Well, we did this until that muscle cell went into fatigue. And we measured the amount of time it took to do that. We then added oxaloacetate to the solution. And that same muscle cell took 10% longer to go into fatigue. Now you might say, well, you know, 10% is not all that much, but most athletic competitions come down to less than 1% difference between the athletes. So if you can have 10% increase in endurance, it's not strength, but endurance, that's substantial. And just think, not just for athletes, think of elderly people that shuffle through life. We've seen when you give them oxaloacetate, these people are walking. Yeah, uh, it, it's really, it, it's pretty incredible. And and what about like side effects? I know I've heard you talk about before about giving large, large amounts of it, but what what's what's the downside? Well, we have, um, through the FDA, we've applied for something called an orphan drug designation, um, which is doesn't mean it's a drug. It just means it's a potential compound for a potential disease treatment. And in this case, FDA looked at our data and said, yes, we're going to give you an orphan drug designation for brain cancer. Because when we give oxaloacetate to animals with human glioblastoma tissue implanted into their brain, they survive longer if you give them oxaloacetate in their water. And they, they survive about as long as if you gave them chemotherapy. But what's really interesting... And, that, and that's without any chemotherapy. Both, and that's without any chemotherapy or out in, without any side effects. Right. Uh, but if you give them both chemotherapy and oxaloacetate, the survival rate goes up by 237%, and 30% of the animals, you can't find the cancer cells. So FDA thought, this is pretty interesting. So we came out with a medical food. So I I have to digress back here. Oxaloacetate as a nutritional supplement, we have a nutritional supplement that we put on the market called Benagene. And nutritional supplements cannot prevent, treat, or cure any disease by law. On the other hand, drugs are you know, under FDA's guidance, and they can treat diseases, specific diseases. They have a uh, monopoly to treat a specific disease. In between those two regulatory categories is something called medical foods. And medical foods have to be uh, provided by a, a physician or under a physician's care, and they have to be either... Uh, generally regarded as safe 
or they have to be a approved food additive. And as it turns out, oxaloacetate fits into that narrow range of medical foods. And so we can present it as a medical food for the treatment of glial tumors. And these are things like uh, glioblastoma and astrocytoma, um, pretty nasty things. And when we looked at the first 17 patients that we had uh, with MRI data showing a before and an after, in 88% of those patients, we saw that the tumor either stopped growing or got smaller. And this is, you know, we're taking people, let me give you an example, 42-year-old guy, great guy, two, two children, he has glioblastoma, he's diagnosed, he's uh, found to, well, they, they surgically remove this tumor, they give him radiation, they give him chemotherapy, he's doing great for about six months, and then the cancer comes back. And it comes back growing at the rate of 80% per month. You can imagine what his outlook looks like when your tumor is growing at 80% per month. Yeah. He was put on a combination of oxaloacetate and chemotherapy. It stopped the growth of his tumor for eight months. And that's significant because the chemotherapy that he was using only increases survival on average by two and a half months. Here, we were able to stop growth entirely for eight months. So we came out with a medical food called Cronaxel, uh, which is short for calorie restriction with optimal nutrition, uh, C-R-O-N-A-X-A-L, Cronaxel.com, for glial tumors. Uh, So that's one disease function that we can address. Our nutritional supplement uh, is just meant to keep healthy people healthy. Well, okay. So now we're coming up to the end of the show here, and this is, I mean, incredible information on a pretty incredible compound. Uh, So you've given a a couple, I mean, you mentioned a couple of the substances, but where is the best place for people to find out more? Um, Well, you can go to our website, www.benagene, B-E-N-A-G-E-N-E.com. Or they can go to cronaxel.com, C-R-O-N-A-X-A-L.com. Great. Well, Alan, thank you so much for your time and for sharing some amazing information with us about oxaloacetate. And uh, I hope people do check it out because it really is a uh, groundbreaking substance. Yeah. And, you know, every, every uh, you know, we don't live in a vacuum. I mean, this is all work that's being done you know, with universities and, and with the help of the people who are buying our nutritional supplement because we're self-funded. So um, we appreciate all our customers and just want to let them know that, you know, as this evolves, they're part of this. And uh, we wanted to thank them. Great. Well, Alan, thank you again. All right. Thank you. Hey, it's Ari again. Thanks for listening to today's show. As I promised at the beginning of the show, I am going to tell you more about the Less Doing Live event in New York City from May 1st through 3rd. Then I will tell you how you can earn a free copy of the Less Doing More Living book. Less Doing Live is an event I am putting on with Business Research Group in New York City. 
We have designed this event to give you and a small group of Less Doing Fanatics a personal, quality experience. We are limiting this event to 150 participants in Manhattan to make sure that I get a chance to meet and hang out with every one of you. Now here's why this event is different. You see, most business conferences are just a series of speeches on a stage where smart speakers get up and give you tons of great information. In fact, it's usually so much that you don't know what to do with it all. But at Less Doing, our community is all about taking action. So I've designed this event to make you take action. But at Less Doing, our community is all about taking action. So I've designed this event to make sure you do take action. Because the only way to make big changes in your life is to invest in yourself. And that's not only an investment of your money, because you can always earn more of that, but rather an investment of your time, which is something so precious because you can never get it back. So at this event, we're not just going to talk. On the first morning, Dave Asprey and I are going to share with you the latest cutting edge tips on how to hack your productivity and biohack your body. But then that afternoon, it's going to get really exciting when we break down into small groups and get you into workshops to solve your biggest problems in productivity. What are the workshops going to be? They'll be designed to help you tackle the fundamental problems that stop 99% of the world from realizing their full potential. Getting your email down to inbox zero and mastering your communications with the world or a scheduling class where you can learn how to automate your schedule to the point where you will have a calendar working for you or an outsourcing class where you can learn how to get rid of 95% of the things that you shouldn't be doing on a daily basis. We're also going to have a biohacking class that's going to include nutrition and help you master your body and your life. Which one of these classes should you attend? Well, that's where my Less Doing Certified Coaches come in. Before we even let you get to the event, you have to speak to one of our coaches so that we can talk to you and see if the event is right for you. That way we can make sure that we truly help you. So to get to the event, you just need to enter your email and then register to speak to one of our Less Doing Certified Coaches in a free 45-minute coaching call where you will learn the one area of your life that you need the most help with and will get the most impact out of. Now, as a special gift to you for joining this free coaching call, I want to recognize your commitment to your productivity by giving you a free copy of the book, Less Doing, More Living. Thanks for listening.